I read once fairly recently that John Philip Newell, the famous Celtic Christian guy who was here about six years ago for the Bailey Lecture, said that Christianity's great gift to the world was Christmas. But it wasn't just the gift of Jesus, the savior of the world, that he was talking about God with us. He also meant the season. He specifically wrote about the season, what we would call Advent, which includes uh, what most people call Christmas, those weeks after Thanksgiving when people begin to buy and wrap gifts, when they plan meals, and when they arrange to drive to or fly to family. Well, when I read that, it really resonated with me. I remembered when I was a teenager driving with my father somewhere just before Christmas, I asked my dad if he didn't think people were nicer during Christmas, and that meant Advent, but we called it Christmas. And he thought for a while, and he said, yeah, I think you're right. Now, we lived in Sacramento, California, where people are not as nice as they are in Texas. They weren't, they weren't awful, but they were not as courteous as y'all are. But still, he, he agreed that people were nicer during the Christmas season. Uh, he said, for example, people are more likely to stop and help someone change a tire. Or they might be more likely to give money to someone who asks for money on the street or at the mall. Or they might give more money when someone asks them for money. And then I also remember when I was an adult and a young mother and wife and teacher, I was over in Kerrville at the Walmart. We lived in Comfort, so that was our nearest big store. I was at the mall where the Walmart was, and two guys came up to me, young guys, and they said, oh, ma'am, we're run out of gas. Could you give us some money, help us get some gas? Well, it was Advent, what I'm calling the Christmas season, and I was full of joy. And so I gave them $5. I don't ever give money. But I gave them $5 with great happiness and without any requirement that they spend it on gas. Well, about two minutes later, I walked down the other end of that little mall and was in Albertsons buying some butter, and I was in line right behind the same two young men who needed gas money. And they had a six-pack. <laughs> and I was fine with it because I was filled with Christmas joy. But they nearly fell over each other when they turned and saw me go, oh, ma'am, ma'am, oh, oh, this is for a friend. This is, we're not spending your money on beer. This was our money. We're buying it for a friend. And I just smiled because it was the Christmas season and I was full of joy. Well, now I know a word for that thing that I was talking about, that joy that comes during the, what we call Advent, but most of the world calls Christmas. It's um, anticipation. It's that expectation. Something is coming. Something wonderful is coming. And it comes every year. And that something affects Christianity, of course. It's a particular Christian something. But that expectation, that knowing that something good is coming, affects the whole world. Everybody. Well, tonight... All that waiting expectantly is over. Christ has been born again in our hearts. And we and our secular neighbors 
all of us, we bask in the love of God tonight. But we also bask in love for each other, that courtesy that seems to happen even in California. We might go to bed a little later tonight. Some of us may open gifts tonight. But my gift to you is to tell you that this is not just a one-night deal. The season of Christmas is 12 days. It starts tonight, and it goes 12 more days. So, that anticipation that was the pre-Christmas season, well, the time of giving and receiving of God's love, you've got more time to do it. So after the thank you cards are written and the wrong sizes have been exchanged for the correct sizes, there is still time, many days, to experience the Christ child among us again and again and again. And especially if we look for him, if we look for him in our neighbors, in our colleagues, in the people next to us on the pew, in our family members, and sometimes that's the biggest challenge, the family. But if we'll do that, something wonderful will happen. Once the hoopla is over and all the guests have gone home, maybe you could make a phone call. Reach out to somebody who's been on your mind but you haven't spoken to in weeks or months or even years. Maybe during the days of Christmas, you'll pick up the phone, I was gonna say dial, <laughs> punch the numbers, and call that person. And not apologize that you haven't called in weeks or days or years. Just say, hi, I was thinking about you. How are you? And listen, just listen to what they have to say. Or you could write a note. That may be a little bit easier. Doing the same thing, saying, hi, I'm thinking of you. Or if you're really brave, I'm praying for you this Christmas season. How have you been? And there are other people who really, really need the phone call or even a visit. And those are the people who have lost a loved one this year or last year, or even two, three years ago. And I know that from experience. Birthdays and anniversaries of loved ones who have died are hard, but there is nothing harder than Christmas because it appears that the whole world is celebrating. The whole world is jingling bells and singing deck the halls, and you, because your loved one has died, feel as if your heart has been ripped out and you're walking along with no beating heart. I encourage you to find at least one person that has lost a loved one this year and maybe call, but I'm going to ask you to visit, to go to their house, knock on the door and say, hi, I've been thinking about you, and not to worry whether it's convenient or whether they really want you to visit. Don't even call ahead of time and say, when could I come over? Because let me tell you, grieving people can't even think straight. It's hard to even make a decision about when would be a good time to come. They just need you 
to go and sit quietly and silently with love in your heart, that Christ child in your heart. If we all of us in these 12 days of Christmas will reach out to just one or two people who suffer, then Isaiah, the reading we heard tonight, Isaiah will be true again. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. And of course, the real light is the light of Christ, born this night. But if you go and reach out, you will be bearing that light inside you. And I think when you do that, that makes you light, too. <clears throat>